Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Gonzaga Nation podcast. Christian Pedersen joined by Dan Dickow, the legend himself. Dan, thank you very much for sitting in as we start to talk about the actual school year. And in talking about the actual school year, we have talked a fair amount over this summer, you know, especially compared to recent summers about conference realignment. And I think the lens has all been, we talk about just like, how is that going to affect the immediate impact of the upcoming season in terms of like, where is the ACC? Who's in the big East? What's in that? But we really haven't talked about what's the impact of that on the back end of the season, because college basketball, more than a lot of other sports across the NCAA spectrum relies on tournament champions to help seed its playoffs, you know, down to the last spot. Cause you know, you only get so many at large bids because you win and you're in, you're punching your ticket, whatever the cliche is that you want to go with. I'm curious if you have had some time to kind of digest what it sort of seems is going to happen, like if the PAC 12 is gone, if other conferences are becoming super conferences, are there going to be more automatic bids from those conferences? Does that make the WCC champion more valuable relatively compared to what it used to be? I'm just kind of curious your thoughts on how, you know, now that we're able to talk about the upcoming years, because basketball is almost back. You think this is all going to affect the postseason? Yeah, it's absolutely going to affect the postseason. It's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be even more challenging for a lot of mid-major programs and leagues uh, to get multiple bids. I, I mean, again, there's so much money that drives this conference realignment. And a lot of the money is talked about as broadcast rights, but there's also a lot of money in NCAA tournament units, appearances, units being how many games were advanced into an NCAA tournament and those get paid out over, I think a six year term. Um, and those are valuable to schools and leagues because each unit that is uh, earned for a school goes into a pot for a league. And then it gets divvied out uh, amongst those schools within the league for six years uh, as mentioned, but those schools in the PAC 12 that are leaving, well, you know, Oregon state uh, and Washington state at this moment in time, looks like they're about to take, the, the units and the money that relates to that from Arizona being in the tournament, from UCLA making a final four within the last six years, uh, from Oregon being in the tournament. You know, so there's kind of all these different factors that go along to that. But one of the things that I don't think people are, are looking at too closely, and I think it, it popped its head today when the Big East, the Big Ten, um, and one other league, I want to say the Big 12, uh, talked about hosting their own postseason tournament for teams that don't make the NCAA tournament. This is an absolute attack on mid-major programs, basically trying to shuffle as much money to their programs and their entities and keeping away from the mid-majors as possible. I think it's, it's disgusting. I, I understand why they're doing it. Um, but if you're going to create these super conferences and these teams can't even – make, you know, have a 500 level in your league. Um, you shouldn't be in the NCAA tournament unless you win your postseason tournament. You shouldn't play in the postseason tournament in the, your own created postseason tournament because you're in a power conference league. You shouldn't, and, and even if you say we're invited to the NIT, you should play in that tournament as opposed to pay, playing in this newly talked about possibly formed tournament. Uh, essentially what it's doing is, well, we don't want to play in the NIT because we don't want to play a, a team from the big sky or the big West. 
or, um, you know, the Southland Conference champion who couldn't quite get it done in their conference tournament. Um, so they're going to go play in the NIT. I think it will completely destroy the NIT tournament, and it's going to create an even bigger schism, an even bigger break and a gap between your haves and have-nots uh, in the world of, of college athletics. It's already been seen in football, and this is uh, something that could do that again in, in basketball. You know, again, I, I can't emphasize enough, and I've said this for, for a few years, if you're in a power conference and you have, say, 14, 15, 16 schools in your league, which now some of these leagues have, if you can't even be above 500, yet your net ranking is, you know, 45 and your Ken Palm is in the mid 40s, whatever, and you think you should be in the NCAA tournament, you need to stop the conversation. You shouldn't be in the NCAA tournament. The only reason your net is high and your Ken Palm is high and your RPI is high and all these other metrics is because you're playing very good teams over and over again. And maybe you did strike lightning in a bottle three, four times and knock off a good team, but you haven't done it over the course of the regular season of your league and you haven't proven it with consistency. You should not be in the NCAA tournament uh, with that type of resume. I would rather see a team from a conference such as, you know, Ken Palm ranked 10, 11, 12, that had a heck of a regular season. Maybe they dominated their their league throughout, but then unfortunately got upended in their NCAA tournament, or excuse me, in their postseason tournament. So they had to they couldn't make the NCAA tournament uh, because another school took their automatic bid. I would much rather see that school be in the tournament than a team in say the Big Ten that finished tenth. Like, where's the excitement in that? Everybody's had the opportunity to see that Big Ten team that was 10th multiple times. And if they didn't move the needle and excite you during the season and they couldn't play good, consistent basketball, why would you reward them for putting them in the NCAA tournament? Makes no sense to me. But I get it why these three conferences are trying to put together an alliance to create a postseason tournament uh, because there's money in it. Well, let me ask you then a, a plain devil's advocate type of question. Would you're you're saying that you would be opposed to any form of a regional uh WCC Mountain West Big Sky or Big Wet, like something of that type of tournament, like postseason as well, to kind of counter this? Yeah, 100 percent I would. I mean, there there's the NCA is the crown jewel for teams to play in as a postseason tournament. The NIT is a nice secondary option. Um, many times, unfortunately, I hate to say it, for teams that are in a lower league or a mid-major league uh, to have the ability to have that postseason experience. You know, you're talking, uh, you know, Eastern Washington, they won the league last year in the Big Sky, but they couldn't get it done in the Big Sky Conference tournament. So they didn't go to the NCAA tournament. They went to the, the the NIT. That's a great experience and opportunity for those kids. But now if you're getting a lot of these power conferences and even some of these mid-major leagues to say, no, that's we don't want to do that. We're going to create our own thing. Um, to me, that's ridiculous. You know, many of these power conference schools have turned down NIT bid uh, invites in the past. They don't want to play in that, but then, oh, now there's more money involved in the opportunity to go play in a made-for-TV 
alliance with this two other, three other leagues. Let's go do that. Now you're really starting to show, you know, the issues that are driving all of these things in college athletics. I mean, we talked about it in football with the alignment and the broadcast rights. It's starting to pop its head in, in basketball. And I get it. I understand it. Um, but something like the postseason, that's not something for you to mess with. I, I To me, I think that's ridiculous. Fair enough. Hey, I don't, don't shoot the messenger. I'm just asking you <laughs> on behalf of the people. So let's talk then about the specific implication for Gonzaga because it sounds kind of from as I'm dodging fiery haymakers from you punching in all directions out at society as they crush your beloved college basketball postseason. Um, it sounds like you're saying that the winner of the WCC is going to be maybe potentially the only one, or it's going to be a little bit more weighted towards the winner. So it feels like maybe you're saying that all of the Gonzaga uh, conference games are just that little bit more stressful, just that little bit more important. Let's talk about the specifics of the schedule. Are you seeing some changing like, Hey, you're focusing on this game. Or are you a little more curious about this game or just give people a schedule update in general? No, I mean, I, I don't think, you know, this kind of postseason tournament impacts Gonzaga and the WCC per se. I, I think that the WCC is elevated enough as a league where um, that's not the case. But in regards to you know the importance of games in in Gonzaga's schedule, you know Gonzaga hasn't released their schedule yet. That to me is interesting. I'm looking at the date. We're recording this on September 11th. You know, and uh, you look at that. You would have thought the schedule would have been out by now. Most teams in the WCC have announced their their schedule. Uh, obviously the WCC league schedule has been out, you know, most people, if you read through the lines and you look at other uh, opponents that we know Gonzaga's play, you can start piecing together, uh, some of the non-conference schedule, but you know, the fact that they haven't released their full entire schedule, uh, is a little unique. Um, and curious if they're waiting on maybe another game or two, uh, and who those schools might be waiting on maybe to, to finalize dates in regards to, to TV opportunities. Hard to say, but, um, you know, I would imagine and hope that that comes out any day. So safe to say that they're up to something or they're just waiting to, you know, see if any last miracle sort of thing happens. No, I, I think it's a matter of uh, don't want to release the schedule in, in piece in pieces. You want to release it in its entirety. And so that would lead me to think there's maybe another game or two that um, they're trying to finalize. Whoever that is, I don't know. Um, but I, I think, uh, you know, you got to you got to imagine that schedule is coming out uh, in the next short bit because people I, I get asked the question all the time. Where, where's Gonzaga's schedule? I don't know. <laughs> I've got a good idea of some things, but I don't know. Um, you know, most, a lot of years it would have been out by now, but as of now, it's not. I'll tell you what, we can uh, direct people to follow us, Fan Nation Zags on all the social media or subscribe to Gonzaga Nation wherever you get your podcasts so that the moment the full schedule does come out, we got you covered. We'll have the schedule for you to obviously look over and salivate over some big wins, but Dan will be back with podcasts. We brought Cole uh, Forsman on full-time as a writer, which is awesome. The studio is going like big things are happening, so make sure you stay tuned with us all season long as we are your source for the best Gonzaga basketball coverage in the nation, probably in the world. I don't know if anybody internationally is trying to compete with us. We haven't checked. We will get back to you guys on that on our next episode. Thanks for tuning in. Dan, thanks for sitting in. We'll talk to everybody soon.